people live righteously. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's episode number cuatro, cuatro, cinco, number 445. It's me, Richie T. I've been here for every single one of those, except I think for one. And uh, Brother Kyle, well, there was that time. I was there for that one. Yeah, yeah, you were there for that one. The one that I wasn't allowed to be there for. Uh, so, so technically, you've been to more episodes than me, right? Is that no, how? No, because I haven't done all all the episodes. Okay, not nearly, not okay. nearly all oh, of them. Okay, headquartered in Salt Lake, but we talk to people all over the world. We do two episodes a week. One typically an articles of news. The other a uh, an episode where we do an interview. And, uh, and and this is an Articles of News episode. That's why Brother Kyle is here. If you want to hear an interview with Brother Kyle, you can go back in the vault and look for a Brother Kyle episode. It's like in the mid-300s where I make him cry. It's it's on a, actually on a record. It's so old. Yeah. You'd have to pull out and put it on your phonograph. Yeah. Well, it's we're not, not a 45. To... Got to speed it up a little bit. We're not allowed to look at phonography in my house. <laughs> Uh, I still remember the first time we recorded together, like a lot of details about it, which is really weird. Do you really? Tell I remember exactly where and the time of year, the car I was driving. It, I remember the window, indul- everything. Indulge me because I have no idea why I even asked you in the first place. I mean, I know how we know each other, but I don't know how I ever thought to be like, oh, okay, we should do this. I don't know the year or even the relative year, and uh, and and I I don't know why I ever thought it was a good idea. I know. Yeah. Uh, it was so. It was a summertime because I was in a convertible and I drove over there. Uh, oh boy, gosh, I'm trying to remember about the, what the year would have been, but uh, I had a business at that point that I recall mm. owning, and we were mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. recorded at a studio near Trolley Square. Oh yeah, okay, okay, okay. Because you were working there, and I don't know why you asked me. Probably because you didn't know you were desperate, and you yeah. didn't know who to ask. Yeah, certain level of desperation. That's how you get invited to most things. It, it, truly, it is because uh-huh. when I when I when I sub aerobics classes for people, which I do a couple times a month, mm-hmm. it, it's like I see them have they have asked everybody else, and they're like, "Uh, can you teach pump tonight at six Now, is that because they're worried that you're going to take your their job, like you're so good, or is it you're just you know? That good wink. Well, wink. Well, two things. One is I, I'm a little bit different. First of all, you in my industry, in the aerobics instructor industry, uh-huh. I'm an anomaly. Yep. Usually have pretty girls, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what am I? The exact opposite. Yep. And and they're happy and peppy, and they're like whoa, whoa, a lot, you know. Uh-huh. Whoa, whoa. I can't even do it with my yeah. voice. <laughs> they're really enthusiastic and happy about life and excited about it. Sure. I am the exact opposite yeah. of all these things. You are neither pretty nor a girl nor optimistic. Nope. Yep. And yep. and so and I don't pretend to in class. They have a good time at the end of it. I always get very positive comments and they they have told the you know the directors, you know, bring me on and have me there more. And so it ends up to be that maybe they're afraid that I'll take yeah, their could, class. Could or be, could be, but you you do that. And you also work for an online uh, making orders company, so you guys have been crazy busy. Where you're the best salesman ever, by the way. Again uh, this year, I yeah. am. Yeah. Where are you going on your trip? They send you on a trip every year, and we nope, always talk about it. Nope, not this. Nope, it's COVID because we're making four times as much, but it's COVID, so we're shutting down everything. So they don't even do the incentive thing for you, or do they just give you cash? There, there's other things they're doing, and and I've been. Uh, generously compensated for my work oh nice 
So you're not going to talk about it? Is that what is that what that uh, is? I, I actually should not right now, but okay. I have been okay. I've been well compensated this year. No, I'm not a millionaire, but I, for what I do and which which isn't very much. Right. Oh, I know. It's been it's been a uh, prosperous year for me. Nice. Nice. Good for you. Congratulations. In my I, mind, t- in my mind, I'm thinking uh, like there's some guy from your work whom you've only seen like around the office back when you would go to the office. He's like, Kyle, come here. And then you go into the uh, like the alleyway or back to his car or something like that, and he does the snap snap on the briefcase, and then there's a big cash <laughs> pile in the in the briefcase. Close it up. There you go. Thanks for your work for the company. Exactly. That's that's kind of how it happens, hmm. actually. Well, congratulations. And so so honestly, you know, 2020 has been. I, I'm sorry, folks, but it's been a good year for Kyle. It's well, it's been a. a <laughs> It, that doesn't surprise me at all. It's been a horrendous year for most everybody else. Right. So so it doesn't surprise me that in this time, now more than ever, these unprecedented times, as the commercials will tell me, that you are thriving like nobody I'm else. I'm a great yeah, year. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. A couple of things that have been a bummer for me, but overall, no, it's been a, it's been a great year. Oh, I wish it would last forever. You know, and, and we've had some great episodes this year. I was talking with uh, some folks the other day uh, about great episodes that they really enjoyed. Some highlights being Joanna Brooks, her book, uh, Mormonism on White Supremacy. Uh, go back and check that one out. Uh, right after that is an episode with Joseph Freeman, the first um, person of color to receive the um, the priesthood after the priesthood ban was lifted. He's an amazing uh, gentleman. It's an amazing episode. You can check that out. All tons of episodes. And people finding us uh, from all over the place. I had someone contact me today. I hope to be able to get his name so I can attribute it to him. But it, he basically, he says, hey, uh, I just want you to know I'm, I'm sliding into your DMs like, uh, like you asked me to. And I only use that term because that's apparently what the kids say. You know, slide into my DMs. I don't actually know what that means and, and hope that I'm not using some sort of slang term that I shouldn't. But uh, <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> but he said, hey, you know what? Uh, it's Josh Warren is his name. And I'll read this sort of interaction that I had with him today. He says, allow me to begin with telling you that I've never slid into anyone's DMs. I don't even tell my wife good job when she makes a good sandwich. <laughs> Rude. Yeah. He says, I stumbled upon your podcast, which I would say to you, Josh, it is a show available in podcast form, but I digress. I stumbled upon your podcast the other day, and it's so hilarious. You're hilarious. Take that for what it's worth! Exclamation point. And then he says, and the commercials are so great. They remind me of when I lived in Utah, driving and sweating, which I didn't ask him what he meant by that. Um, but I, uh, I love the, the, uh, vision of a guy driving a car and sweating profusely here in the state of Utah. So I, then I went on to ask him, you know, what episodes he's like, blah, 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 blah. And then I said, how did you find us? And he said, I Googled Mormon podcasts that don't suck. So <laughs> we are a Mormon <laughs> podcast apparently that does not suck. How about well, that? it could have come up and said, "Here's the list of those that do," and he's like, "Out of curiosity, yeah, yeah, I'll check out." Hey, you want to listen really carefully to what you just did? Listen, listen. Oh, oh is that being uh, pessimistic? Yeah, you just let the Sorry. air out of uh, the compliment. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Kyle. Tell That's me what, what I it, do. Tell me what have you been up to recently? Uh, boy, 
right. Not not much. I, I've been down in uh, southern Utah. I, I've, I did uh, I've heard bicycle pedaling yeah. down there um, because I wanted to get in some nice weather. And when you said bicycle pedaling, I had the uh, the thought of you like sitting on a corner somewhere. Hey, I got a bike. You want to buy? Yo, I hey, got a bike. Just... You want to buy it? Yeah. So I did, I did that, which which I I love down there, and oh, I I caught. So I I love animals, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you don't, but, you don't, but, you don't, but you don't have any pets, right? Not allowed. Nope, <laughs> not allowed to keep a pet here. Okay. Uh, but I, I, but I love my love all animals. I thought they, for... allow, I thought they allowed pets in jail, but no, you're saying they no. don't allow them. Anymore. Oh no! Oh heck no! <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, they have the dogs that come in, and, sure. and they're supposed to calm us down. Sure. <laughs> and, and terrible. We're supposed to take care of the. Pit all right, dolls, all right, you know? all right, all right, all right. You like animals? That's <laughs> the point. So, so yeah, uh, except for uh, ants and spiders, mm-hmm. but but everything else I love, and I, I and I especially love reptiles. From the time I was a kid, I always caught uh, snakes and you know lizards and stuff. There's there's one that has escaped me for years. I have never caught, and that is the uh, the the uh, desert horned lizard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what uh, what we lovingly in like elementary or middle school would call the horny toad. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> It's horny, and I I ran across one. I didn't run over it. I ran one by ran by one on the road, and I thought, no, I think that's a horned lizard. I was out in the middle of the desert, nobody around. I went back the bush. Sure enough, and and my heart is racing. I'm 50 years old, and my heart is racing because I <laughs> I saw this this lizard, and I carefully and I caught it because I'm I'm a heck of a lizard catcher. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not kidding. If you I, think he's a great salesman, you should see the way he catches lizards. It's true, and I got it, and uh, and and held it. I got a picture of it, and because I wanted to bring it home, mm-hmm. but my plus one was with me, and she's like, "Nope." It's like my mom. No, no, no you nope. are not bringing that home. But mom, it'll die. But- no, no, I'll I'll poke holes in my water bottle, and I'll put it in, and I'll take care of. I'll open it up on the way back sometimes, and get air, fresh air in, and we'll. Br- nope. Yep. You put it back in the bush. I'll I'll do extra chores. No. I promise no. I'll feed. No, you won't. You won't feed it, and it'll end up dead and shriveled up in the terrarium, like oh, all the other lizards. Oh, oh. <laughs> do you do you have a picture of you holding it? Oh uh, yeah, I do. Nice, nice. S- send me it. We'll make it the uh, the uh, the what is it? The desert horned lizard. Yep. We'll make that the picture for this week's episode. I love it. Good for you. Congratulations. Did your kid go with you, or see now that he's a college kid, he doesn't go with you anymore? No, but he's big man living on campus yep. three or four days out of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's big man studying in his family room. He could do that at home, but no, we're paying for him to be at college, but not really at college, but at college. Yep. We're paying for him to live in a room so that he can do all his courses online and via Zoom. Yeah. Is he really all online? Yeah. Yep. For the next two weeks is all online. Because Utah Zoom. can't be told what to do. Even when our church leaders say, hey, probably a good idea. And we're like, yeah, prophets, you're in the revelator. You you bet, President Nelson. And he's like, he's wearing a mask. He's like, and I'm a doctor. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, he's just drinking the mask Kool-Aid. Hey, you quit treading to... on my frights. Yeah. You know, have yep. you ever seen that snake flag, you know, don't tread on me? Mm-hmm, well, there mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, the other thing, someone pointed this out online the other day, and I don't know that I want to spend a tremendous time about it, but people will often give uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints a hard time because, like, the prophet says it and we just sort of believe it. 
right? Like, hey, yeah. we, you know, like the thought that, you know, one day we'll return to Missouri. You bet. All right. Okay. We'll like sheeple. Get, you know, sheep. Yeah. Sheeple. Yeah. The sheeple of the church. Well, where is that with masks, right? Like, like I know some of the most, and I'm air quoting, faithful members of the church who, if the prophet says it, man, he would do it and, and not question and not go for it at all. And that's the same person who, out of the other side of his mouth, is like, I question everything. I'm not sure. You know, like, I, it, it, it seems so. Hey, but they don't drink coffee. Sure. sure. So you know what? What? It's all right. Okay. All right. All right. Let me tell you real quick with what's going on with me. A uh, couple things. One, uh, I, I uh, you know, after recovering from COVID, I still don't feel like I'm 100% had it. Uh, tested positive. Real miserable. Lots of burny lungs. And, you know, hey, is today the day I'm going to die? Turns out it wasn't. Uh, it turns out it's not a hoax. Turns out it's a real thing. I still, when I exercise, don't feel 100% limited in the capacity in my lungs, for sure. So that's uh, so that's still going on. I got the extreme blessing of having a floody basement immediately oh. after uh, recovering completely from COVID. And so, um, well, that was fun. That was a fun experience. <coughs> I, uh, I, yeah, we, we were spraying for spiders and cucarachas. And uh, we went down to kind of inspect the guy's work and the carpet was really wet. And I'm like, man, he really went to town in this corner only to find out that, oh, no, he didn't. It was a pipe that had broken in the wall and was soaking uh, the far corner of my house. So that's fun. Had the the uh, the plumbers come out and fix that, which they did great, by the way. And I went with uh, Beehive Plumbing because, you know, you trust the Beehive. I said they should have called themselves Deseret. We fought about it. I paid them and kicked them out of my house. But they did a great job. I was wondering what I was going to do with that extra $1,000 that I, you know, I just, I what I wanted to do was flush it down the toilet. They said, no, 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 just give it to us for fixing their floody basement. I was like, oh, that seems like a fairer trade. Gave them that. And then this last uh. weekend... I uh, have been in Texas. You ever been to the great state of Texas, Brother Kyle? Only on a layover, so okay. no. Okay, okay. So I went to the city of Dallas-Fort Worth, which uh, apparently is two cities, Dallas and yeah. Fort Worth. I knew that. Um, but I did have to ask. I'm like, why do they call it Dallas-Fort Worth? And it's because Dallas is on like one side and Fort Worth is on the other. I went to this place called the Stockyard in uh, Fort Worth, which is where they used to bring the cattle to like auction them and slaughter them and all the things, right? And I ate my own body weight in meat. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Not literally, because that's a lot of weight, but I had two of the greatest ribeyes I've ever had. And I tried a thing called calf fries. Do you know what that is? Calf fries? Calf fries. I have no idea. I went to a restaurant and they said, you know, the big, bold, obnoxious banner kind of as you walk in. It's a steakhouse, you know, and it says home of the world famous calf fries. Now, I don't know if you do this when you travel, but this is how I travel. I will go wherever and and, and I like to try the local fare. Right. I, without question. Like, oh, hey, yeah. I'm in. What? I'm in uh, Southern California, and they have really great uh, tacos, okay? Okay, I want to eat tacos the whole time I'm there, whatever the thing is, right? If I go to Hawaii, I want to eat seafood the whole time that I'm there, because that's a thing. So in this particular uh, place, it's meat, and even more particular, it's a thing called calf fries. I go into the restaurant, I said, world-famous calf fries, you bet, sign me up. Let's do it. I'll take an order of that and a ribeye, I said. 
and what comes before me as my appetizer is calf fries. Now, what it looks like is is it sort of looks like a large, um, sort of flattened out uh, chicken nugget, like from um, like from your McDonald's or just any chicken nugget, I guess, right? Okay. And uh, it's a little flatter, a little more bready, and there was like three or four of them, and I was like, okay, okay, all right. Comes with sauces, you can do barbecue or ranch or whatever, right? Just like a chicken nugget would. And I said, oh, okay. So I ate them, and I was like, this is really delicious and super tender. And you know, it's it's not only breaded but also deep fried. So I feel like you really can't go wrong with this just from the get go. Eat it, and I'm like, well, I'm I am satisfied. The waitress comes over, says, you know, you said you'd never had those. What did you think? I said, very delicious. She said, you know what that is, don't you? <sighs> any any guess what a calf fry might be? Uh, I'm going to throw out a guess at testicles. Yes, it is in smashed, fact. <laughs> it smashed is in fact small, uh, smashed, diced testicles of bulls. <laughs> Now, here was the deal. I did that. She said, and there's a bull testicles. And I went, hmm. And, and immediately I went, is my stomach okay? Do I feel all right about what's just been told to me? Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm all right with that. And it was good. The steak was good. The company was good. I uh, I had... <laughs> what I love about steakhouses is that they offered like the side salad always. Do you, you probably don't go to many steakhouses <laughs> being a, a vegan, right? I don't very rarely, and I'll go with other people if it's a party, and then I'll have all their side salads, and then that's my meal. Right. So I love the side salad at a steakhouse because it's like iceberg lettuce, a couple (laughs) cherry tomatoes, and then you just douse it in ranch. ranch. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I did that before every meal that I ate. I also... And then I want to move in. We'll do, uh, I want to have a little bit of a discussion as part of our articles of news today. And then, of course, we'll do articles of news. Um... But I also had, while I was there, brisket tacos, which were life-changing. Hmm. I ha- they only There was only two that came in the order. I would straight up eat a brisket taco every day for lunch if I could. It sounds pretty good. It was unreal. Actually. It was unreal. And just the nicest place, and people were so charming. I'll tell you what, too. Texas, right? I think probably in our mind we go, oh, Texas, man. There, that's, that's free wild, wild west. That's, you know, people with their six shooters and no masks on their face. That town was locked down. Really? So locked down. Mask mandate anywhere you go. Um, a lot of businesses shuttered completely, not even opened or not even reopened. Uh, completely oh different from what we see here. So I thought that was fascinating how in my mind I thought one thing and then in actuality was something else. Let's take a break real quick. When we come back in the second half, Uh, of articles of news and actually there will be a third part so let me just say the second block of articles of news um we are going to talk a little bit about the temple and we got a message from someone on patreon so we'll share that uh and then coming up in the third block uh you know the horrific horrible horrible wildfires that have been going on on the west coast well we're able to talk with uh one woman who completely lost everything and we do that in the third block of the cultural hall Checking in now with uh, our Living Scriptures expert, our aficionado, uh, the man that has so much FMLA time, he's watched everything available on Living Scriptures. It's Russ Wild. How are you, sir? You know, they just keep keep having kids and you just keep, keep watching stuff and get, getting time off. It's amazing. Yeah, listen, it is quite the deal you've got. Congratulations on that cute little baby. He's getting the chubby cheeks. 
But yeah, that's that's what you want when they're young. I really am disappointed. I was really hoping my wife would let me name him Johnny Five because he's <laughs> number five. Yeah. But apparently, and, and he's alive, so that's appropriate I, as well. Yeah, and but uh, unless they reboot that, I think that reference will be lost on. Yeah, so, a so short circuit not available on Living Scriptures. So no, not yet. Yeah. Although, Don't limit them. Although good and family friendly, what have you guys been watching? What are the kids watching? I know um, you're back in school, so maybe educational programming is more important. Uh, and and they have that too. It's it's funny you say that. They uh, I was going to say the kids have been uh, discovered the Madeline cartoon series, and they've been plowing through that. Uh, but they've been doing math monsters. Have hmm. you ever watched that? Uh-uh. It's, I, uh, I was a MathNet uh, Square One nerd back in the day. If I was going to do educational math programming, uh, no, but it's a uh, it's the it's a mathy. I to tell you the truth, I haven't watched it with them, but they watch it a lot, so I hear it in the background. But you know, monsters doing math, they like it. Well, and the thing that you point out, which uh, I appreciate that you did, is that you can trust folks with the Living Scriptures streaming app. You know, you can just be like, kids, listen, it's fine. There's not going to be anything that's going to be on there that would be offensive, oh, for inappropriate, sure. anything that they could wander into. No, that, that would be like, that's what our, are you watching? That's our standard operating procedure. Our kids aren't allowed to watch YouTube, even the kids app of YouTube. We just, because you never know what's going to come up on that. But on Sunday morning, when they come bopping into our room at too early and we tell them, just leave, just leave. We want to sleep. It's the weekend. Living Scriptures app is what they uh, fire up. And, uh, they can watch whatever they want. Uh, another new addition this week that I've been kind of excited about. It's a show called Theo. Uh, Theo, who teaches the kids about uh, God's teachings and God's words. Okay. It's it's what I would imagine. And from reading up about it, it's kind of like it's it's made by people who are not of our faith. Okay. But it's a it's a Christian cartoon about you know different theological topics. Oh, know, Theo. Theo. Got it. Theo teaches God's word, but he gets pretty deep, but it's entertaining and enjoyable in the animations. It's top notch. It's really been great to watch. Like he talks about what is church, what is prayer and kind of how do you, what is abiding in Christ? What does that really mean? What does that look like? And the kids love it and the animation's great. And it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun to explore that. I would think it also would be cool because so often we get stuck in the same narratives within the church. And so it's like, this is how we explain this and this is how we explain that. So even just to have like a general Christian or a different approach than within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to hear someone else explain it. It's like, oh, cool. A different example, a different metaphor, a different parable. But it's the same. It's the gospel. And yeah. it's, it's exciting to see the kids pick up on that and pick up on seeing that. My daughter, uh, ever since Disney Plus did the Hamilton, mm -hmm. has been obsessed with Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And the uh, Living Scriptures show that she keeps watching related to that is the Liberty Kids, mm -hmm. which marches through the Revolutionary War. And she'll start an episode and pause it and come explain to me like how this was, how it happened in Hamilton. Mm -hmm. But this show's different. <laughs> but she's six, so she doesn't know. That's fine. It's fine. That's cool. What about you and the missus? Because I know sometimes you guys will snuggle into something or you'll put the kids down or she'll be excited from something from her youth. Anything that in that way that you guys have been excited to watch? Um, my favorite thing this week that I saw was uh, the Latter Day News had a, a neat little segment that was a lot from the church news about uh, President Nelson's birthday. And it's always interesting to see what a 96 year old is up to because mm -hmm. I don't want to be like that when I'm 96. Yeah. Well, you want to just but, uh, be, you want to be relaxing a little bit. Is that what you mean? Uh, I want to be relaxing now. 
forget when I'm 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing, uh, the one from my childhood is the uh, show On Our Own. Did you ever watch that? Uh, it sounds familiar. Tell me. It's uh, these kids and their parents are kind of out of the picture. And they, they go on this adventure to find their family and stay together as a family. And uh, it's kind of a... I don't know. It's one of the classic feature films. For and the families, dogs so. run away and then they find their way home and they talk. And one of them is Michael J. Fox. I love that movie. Is that not it? <laughs> and they call the little boy Beaver. Yeah. <laughs> Spectacular. All uh, is available on Living Scriptures. If you don't have this, uh, you can find a link in the show notes for this episode. Get yourself a free month of Living Scriptures. A great way for you, for your family. Uh, to be able to enjoy great entertainment that, again, isn't something that you're going to worry about. Oh, what is this? What is what? What are these dancing, you know, young people doing? And you go, oh, we're not watching this. We're going to cancel this Netflix. Uh, Living Scriptures, you can trust it. You can sit your kids down. You can sit down with your kids and have great quality program. Get that free month with the link in the show notes for this episode. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall's Articles of News, I wanted to share this. This comes from our Patreon Saints of the Cultural Hall. It is a secret but not sacred Facebook group that if you go to patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall, you make a donation, you get added to the group. Please, uh, there's a lot of you hanging out on the fringes uh, saying, oh yeah, you know what, I mean to do it. I haven't done it yet. I uh, would really like to do that. You have may or may not have noticed that there are some changes going on the website, more changes to occur as we can pay for them. We pay for them with the money that you donate. So it's not like I'm lining my pockets or buying a fancy Mr. Mac suit with your money. Uh, I'm just paying for things to run smoother, go well, all that stuff. So you can go to patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall. I'll leave the name out of this, but this is what this message says. It says, hey, everyone, I'm looking for some advice, words of wisdom. I hope he had the pun intended on that, by the way, or perhaps just some comfort. He says, I'm 43, just a bit about to hit my third year anniversary of joining the church. And I've put off going to the temple for my endowment for the past two years for a number of reasons, mostly anxiety of being in a situation with so many unknowns and dreading wearing garments. With the pandemic, I'm able to go without other unknown people there, so I'm considering giving it a go. My wife is endowed and would be there, and I would probably take a good friend of mine who loves going to the temple. I've been to numerous open houses. I've gone to do baptisms twice, that being baptisms for the dead. Uh, so temples themselves are not foreign to me. It's mostly the unknown ritualistic aspects that I'm concerned with. And no, I'm not asking for anything sacred to be revealed here. If you were going to do your endowment again, what do you wish someone had said to you before you went? Any other positive thoughts are also appreciated. Love the show and podcast form. Please and thank you for any of your help, person. So I want to ask you, Brother Kyle, you have been through the mm. temple, correct? I have with my uh, ex-wife. We were we were not married in the temple, but we were uh, later sealed a few years after. Our all, right, all right. So so how old were you when you went through for your first time? Uh, I will. I, it was about age twenty five, twenty six. Okay. And, right your, there. and your family all being members of the church and you, do you have older siblings or are you the oldest? I forget. I, I'm the oldest. So at that point, I think everyone had been, th no, not everyone had been through yet. Uh, I still had younger, younger brothers that were, were too young, but, mm -hmm. but everybody had, had gone, that had been, my sister was married. She'd gone through uh -huh. brother on a mission. He'd gone through. 
So you'd had a couple siblings that had gone through. So you yeah. you certainly could talk to them, lean on your parents and all that. So as you went through for the first time, obviously I don't want to divulge anything as well, but what do you wish or what do you, if you could go back and tell yourself something, what would you go back and tell yourself? Uh, you know, I think I was prepared both myself and and by others that that got me into that to, to go through. I, I don't know if there was anything that I could have changed for me. My, my, my ex-wife was a different story. She mm-hmm. didn't have a good experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know why we, we, we at all, you know, kind of prepared for this together, but I guess just emotionally, just it, it didn't work well for her. It didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, it, and, and here's the thing too, because it's, it's, it's different. And, and when I say different, let's say that somebody goes to church for the first time, uh, to an LDS church where you take the sacrament, you have the prayer, we do things in a certain order. You have the talks, you have the closing prayer and things like that. And, and it's, you know, something we have never, or people that haven't gone through have never done before, mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, and I, I equate it very much like church that you just go through these things that once you go a couple of times, you're like, this is just what we do, but it, it might like for her, it was, you know, very different. Some things, I don't know if it rubbed her wrong or what, but uh, I, you know, maybe the start of the downfall for her out of the, out of the church. Did, did it, um, did it make her make it difficult for her to go back again? And, or did you guys ever go back again? I did. She did not. Okay. I, I went a couple times early on and then, and then not after that, because it was what it eventually became a, you know, a, a point with us, mm-hmm. you know, if I go, I want to go with her uh, and we didn't go. So, but yeah, she never went back after that. Interesting. Interesting. And I, I thought that we should maybe at, at least once for her to, you know, give another shot, see if it was any different or something, but, mm-hmm. but she just didn't, she wouldn't. And, and I, I, I'm not saying, well, she's what a fool. No, it, it's the way it, it went for, and that's totally fine. Hmm. She, I, maybe she wasn't ready. I don't know. Yeah. 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 You don't get to speak to anyone else's experience only that that was your interaction with her. I remember, so I've had the opportunity to go through the temple a couple of times uh, for the first time, essentially uh, because of being excommunicated and then rejoining the church. But when I went through for the first time, I remember, you know, both sets of grandparents were there. It was right before I went on my mission. Uh, My dad was there, my older brother who had just gotten home from serving a mission. And I remember um, a lot of people really work it up, right? Like, oh, the first time. And I don't think we do ourselves a great favor by doing that, right? We sort of speak in in hushed tones about, well, the first time. Or just make sure you go with an open mind. And it's like, what? What are you? What? Why? What are we talking about? What do you mean open mind? What do you mean, you know, don't freak out or overreact or whatever? So I feel like we do ourselves a huge disfavor as far as that goes. The other thing I did not do... There's like temple prep classes that you can take typically on a ward level, sometimes on a stake level. Uh, you can do them online now. The curriculum is available online just to be able to sort of study and know what's going on. There's a lot of stuff that's available on the church's website itself, both the temple clothing, which I had no idea. You know, I knew about what garments looked like, but the actual specific temple clothing had no idea. So when I got there and, you know, had to wear that clothing, I was like, I, what? I don't understand this. Um, the church dispels a lot of that, is is way more transparent than they were when I would have gone through. But I still remember just relying on the testimonies of others that I was with being like, hey, are, are we all cool? Is this all right? Is this the thing that we're doing? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And you sort of get through the endowment session. And then uh, you get through the, the you know, you, you do your whole session, then you get to the celestial room. Anyone that's toured a temple knows that that's what happens. And that's where you can sort of talk and congregate a little. You're not talking loud, but you're able to sort of visit with those who, who you went through with and be able to ask questions. And I remember that being a great comfort, but I remember coming back away from it and being like, huh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about yeah. all that. And it took a few times for me to feel comfortable and even more times for me to be like, oh, this is the symbolism of this and this is the thing I need to take away from that. And then fast, for fast forward 10 years because that's how long from my first interactions with the temple till I got to go back to the temple after I you know, got a reinstatement within the church. I had to be rebaptized and and then could go to the temple again. And I remember coming back uh, that second time and some things had changed in that time. And I had sort of not, you know, prepared myself. And I was like, oh yeah, oh, this is, yeah. And then we, and then, you know, and it can be very frustrating. I, I understand why a lot of people have a, a, a difficult experience with the first time, but I think that if, if we, the biggest thing that I could say is, like, if I could go back to my, you know, my 19-year-old self pre-mish, I think I'd just be like, so awesome that you're doing that. Because anything else I say, would I, I think, would increase too much um, excitement, anxiousness, uh, worry, whatever, you know, oh, there's this, there's anything other, like, way to go that you have lived your life in a way that you're worthy to be able to do it and that you've made the choice to do it. And I think you'll, I think you'll be just fine. Yeah, good idea. And the and the wearing of the the temple garments after. Uh-huh. Um, I know people, some of you know, worried about that. And I would say it's another one of those things. Don't worry about it. It it's like, you know, you get a new job and and you know now you have to wear a tie mm-hmm. to work, mm-hmm. or some jobs you have to wear a a certain type of suit or uniform mm-hmm. or something. It's it's like that. You'll you'll be like, this is different than I'm used to. And mm-hmm. then after you know a very short while, it, it's it's what you wear, and it's nothing uh, really unusual. Yeah. You know. And and the other side of that. So then you know, being a member for uh four years or so, having gone through the temple, wearing my my garments for those four years, and then at the point that I was excommunicated, and they're like, take it off. Uh, not obviously there in the meeting, but they're like, don't wear these anymore. I was like, oh. oh. And then to wear them again, right? To go from not wearing them to wearing them to not wearing them to wearing them again. Like I, I can tell a difference. I can tell, you know, in my devotion and my dedication and my thoughts and how I carry, act, all myself, you know, all those things within myself. Like it, it, it makes a difference. And I think if you can attach, if you can attach some meaning, um, some feeling with it, I think that it makes the uncomfortability of like, I mean, you know, when it's hot outside. And you are sweating, and you and you're wearing garments like there. There is nothing more swampy than sweaty garments. But what's what's the thing? I hate the phrase that we use within the church: the fire insurance. Right? Well, I wear my garments because it's fire insurance. My tithing because it's fire. You know, I hate that thing. I just like being able to right. be like, you know, I, I wear it as a symbol. In fact, I said this recently on a podcast where they were asking me about garments. I said, I like it as a symbol showing my outward devotion of my inward devotion to God. So simple enough. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck to you, Patreon saint. I, uh, I'm interested to see how it goes, whatever it goes, however it goes and know that you're loved uh, either way, which whatever you choose, whenever you choose it. And thank you for giving us something to talk about.
Uh, let's do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. We'll do a lot of news here in a short amount of time. What do you want to lead off with, Brother Kyle? Uh, I've got one. There is a, a, a movement. So on the books in, in Utah, basically, there is a uh, there's a point where I'll say slavery is legal is what they're calling it. And what yep. it is is that anyone who is in uh, custody, like is, has been uh, arrested by the law, mm-hmm. can be a slave, like slave labor, oh. something like that. Okay. And so there is a group, including the LDS Church, who are urging uh, the voters this next year to to clear that from our constitution that makes that not legal. Yeah, that sounds so terrible. It, it does, doesn't it? Yes. Although, you know, you know, don't you see those guys out like picking up trash on the side of the road? Sure. Those guys from the jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of what it is. But that should be uh, basically voluntary. Hey, you want to get out to do something? Here you go. Uh, well, and see, I thought it was because I know in, in some jail systems or in some of the, I guess maybe not at a state level, like they get paid. It's a way that they can earn money by going and doing those things. And like you say, anything that's outside of the prison is not a vacation but is change of scenery is a is a privilege right and i don't know how prevalent this is this is happening but evidently it it is legal so it could be done so um uh lds church and like i say with others we're joining with others to to try and clear that from the constitution evidently they're trying to put up as a vote and Hmm. uh asking us to vote against that interesting and you know people will get really upset that the church is getting involved in that. Oh, no, wait. They pick and choose which political things they, they well, get Well, here's what even makes it more interesting. Uh, th- this is something led up by uh, Representative Sandra Hollins, who is a Democrat. What? Yep. And joining with the LDS Church. Holy cow. Hmm. What hmm. next? Hmm. Well, we already have a pandemic. Uh, speaking of which... Uh, the United Nations World Food Program setting up food hubs in half a dozen or more countries around the globe and Latter-day Saints Charities has contributed $2 million to that effort. Some people will say, wow, $2 million, that's awesome. I'm in that camp. Some people will say, you have $100 billion and you only gave $2 million. The church has been involved in, I think we last reported, almost 800 um, different like emergency relief, food relief, uh, donation things, projects all over the world. I think we're doing a lot. Sure, we could do more. We could all do a little bit more, but I think $2 million is nothing to balk at. Um, the partnership with the UN program has facilitated the efficient movement of goods and supplies where they are most needed, and that money will go to the World Food Program to feed hungry children. So I thought that was I thought that was very commendable, and I'm excited to see. you. I don't know if you remember the day when we wouldn't even hear much in uh, the press about the um, humanitarian stuff that the church was doing. And now it seems like, and maybe it's because of the pandemic, maybe it's the last couple of years, maybe it's at the urging of the church, but I see it in the media more often. We do, and I... I... I, I wonder that if, it, if it, it's like to combat their, hey, you have a billion dollars. We're like, well, look, we're doing this and this and this yeah. with it. We are doing something with it. Um, yeah. where it, it, it. I remember growing up that the church always did things very silently. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Uh, we've talked before about the this group, the Mormon Women for Ethical Government. Yes, MWEG, future episode <laughs> of the Cultural Hall. I sat down with one of the, I think one of the founders, if not one of the founders, she's one of the executives uh, that run it currently. Interesting. Good. 
Uh, well, they are, interestingly enough, uh, recently there was the passing of, uh, of uh, Ruth Gator Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Bader, Ruth, Ruth, Ruth Gator, Ruth Gator, Ginsburg. Gator Ginsburg is the um, WWE wrestler that is patterned after Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, is a Supreme Court justice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, she passed away recently from the, and uh, she is going to be replaced, obviously. Mm-hmm. This group uh, is urging uh, Mitt Romney to hold off on replacing. Uh, Ginsburg. Yep. Mitt Which, Romney has said that he will, you know, support uh, Donald Trump's replacement for that, who he wants to do here immediately. In yep. fact, in the next uh, few days here, he wants to get somebody nominated. And then they're actually asking him to hold off on that, interestingly yeah. enough. Yeah. Mweg is asking him to, to put it off. Mitt is like, yeah, I'll vote. That's fine. And a lot of yeah. people who really loved when Mitt Romney, you know, I vote to impeach Donald Trump are now like, well, what are you? What are you? Right. Do you hate him or do you love him? And I don't know. It, it's nuanced, everybody. The people that I have thought and, and don't get me wrong, right? Like I I personally like to see a balance in the Supreme Court. I worry that maybe it would be too conservative. I also worry that it would be too liberal. Um, but the people that are like, it was her dying wish to not be replaced until after the election. Uh, first of all, there's some suspect as to whether or not that actually was her dying wish. Although I would imagine, right? Like, I don't think anything about her personality or character that would tell me that that wouldn't be her last wish. But that that's not how we uh, do or don't do Supreme Court justices, right? Like, by yeah. their dying wish. It was his dying wish that he be replaced by a conservative. No, you're not going to do that, right? The president nominates someone, the Senate votes, and that if they have enough votes, that person passes. That's how that goes. Now, whether or not they should, because of what happened in 2016 with President Obama's, right? I just wish that people would be like, yeah, we didn't do it then because it didn't favor us. And now we're wanting to do it now because it favor us, favors us. I would love it if people who are a little skeezy, it makes them less skeezy in my mind, if they would just say, hey, I recognize that this comes across as skeezy and then just owned it. Yeah. Um, I can't lead into the next story because then that will make it sound like I'm uh, asserting that that person is skeezy. So let me move along. Uh, How about this story? Uh, The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints continuing to give guidelines um, for increasing activities amid COVID-19, basically saying, hey, you know what, maybe back to church in most places. I know here in uh, the state of Utah, my first day back to church uh, will be this coming Sunday. I've been asked to help pass the sacrament where I understand we have a uh, tray for the bread, uh, where the bread is placed in individual cups as I understand it, Uh, and then also the water, obviously, in individual cups, and it's passed with one tray, and then there is another tray that's not actually passed, that's a wrong word to use, but walked and gathered the cups so that one does not touch the other. You can imagine that masks will be worn. I don't think that my ward is singing. They are Zooming the, the meeting except for the sacrament. For those that choose to stay home, there's no sort of pressure to go uh, or to not go. They just wish to have you there if you want to be. Um, and, and so it seems to be following all the guidelines. This came out a little bit ago. 
Um, but the church just saying, yeah, we'd love to have you back. If you feel safe, here are the guidelines. It's interesting. Uh, and I don't ever want this uh, show to be about Utah. Obviously, we, you and I, live in Utah, so we know most about stuff here. It's interesting that we're going back to church to worship in uh, crowds of 100 or less, even for a short time, as the numbers are the highest they've ever been. It seems a little, you know, it seems a little wonky that that's what's happening, but yet, yet it is. Yeah. Uh, let me give you one more just real quick. Uh, how about this? Have you ever heard of a prayer pod, Brother Kyle? I don't think so. I would like you to be in my prayer pod. Oh, oh well, oh, okay. We, we, how much does it pay? Well, uh, <laughs> that's my downline, Kyle. Oh, okay. Uh, although, oh, although okay. not a bad idea <laughs> now that you now that you bring the two together, a prayer pod for anyone who has kids, it's it's sort of like a, a school pod as well. It's very trendy right now. It's small groups of people who essentially, like if you if your kids were younger, your kid was younger, and he had a couple of friends, like you would only let your kid hang out with those friends, right? That way that you know, his um, exposure would only be to those kids, those kids' family. Right. Prayer pod, essentially the same thing. Small groups to be able to uh, worship together. Uh, they're also called worship pods. Um, in my particular prayer pod, um, we give everyone at the start a little, um, it's blue and green and white, and you have to eat it. It's a Tide pod. So that's how we sort of indoctrinate everyone into the uh, into the group. and then And then we read a little scripture. We're not typically hungry after that. I'll tell you what. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah, it cleans us right out. Um, so, yeah, prayer pods. I thought it, it's an interesting idea. I love, as much as I have not cared for some portion of the pandemic, uh, especially having actually contracted the virus, I have been fascinated and will continue to be so at all of the innovation that comes, um, like things like prayer pods, things like the technology that comes out of it, the virtual events that we're doing, uh, it, it will change the world. And people that are like, I want to get back to normal, it's not going back there. New normal? Sure. Don't use the phrase new normal. It's terribly cliche. Stop it. Stop it. What do you got, Brother Kyle? Uh, so there are fires going on around yes. in the United States. Yes. There's quite a few of them. Yes, um, there is one fire that, that damaged or destroyed actually 50 homes yes. in a single congregation. Yeah. In fact, Misty, of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, Misty, who, uh, uh, we are going to be talking to in the third block. She was within this congregation and tells us, oh my all, gosh, so, t- tells us all about the destruction that occurs and what it was like going back to where her home once stood. So she's part of the Bear Creek Ward. Yes. That they happen to. Oh my gosh. Yep. You can yeah. find, by the way, the links to all these stories at theculturalhall.com. You can read about that ward, but I think I may interrupt you here, Kyle, and just say, make sure you stick around for the third block. It is, it is moving. It is, um, I don't want to, it's not, it, it's depressing, but it's, 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 it's a, it's a lot. It's heavy. It's a, it is a heavy discussion about loss and destruction and people coming together and, yeah, if you look at the picture of I, I see here an overhead picture of their neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, my gosh, I've never seen anything like that because the streets are still there. It looks like an overhead picture of a neighborhood, but all of the homes, as you typically see in you know a residential neighborhood, is what this looks like, are just gray ash. Yep. People they are 
on. People will say like war zone. And in some ways, I think it's it's even worse than a war zone, because when I think war zone, I think like crumbling things and like pieces of things. And it's just, you know, aside from a few burned out shells of cars and, um, you know, chimneys. There is nothing. Yeah. In the whole uh, breadth of those pictures. So yeah, stick around for that in the third block. Uh, this is cool. The church releases special episodes of the Book of Mormon video series. We just skip past those war chapters uh, of Alma. We're going right for Moroni. We're going right for the good stuff. We need the faith right now. So they released those videos. These, of course, are the videos that are going along with um, our Come Follow Me, or so it seems, as we've been reading the Book of Mormon this year. Um, there were delays in production because of COVID-19. There will continue to be delays in production. But uh, you can be able to see the new video that was published to celebrate the 200th anniversary of the first appearance of God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, to Joseph Smith, the first president and prophet of the church, according to press release from the church. Great, great, great looking videos. Always throws me when I see a friend in the video in a pivotal role. Like, hey, Moroni, I would love to, you know, really feel the spirit in this video. But remember when we went to Village Inn the other night? And you told me that joke, like, it's just, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're all people who, as, as I understand it, all of the actors in the, um, Book of Mormon videos have to either be members of the church or hold a temple recommend, but it is interesting to know them and be like, oh, hey, that's Dave. That's not Moroni. That's Jed or whatever the thing. <laughs> I want to see you in a, in a, uh, a, a Book of Mormon video. Uh, I would love to be in a Book of Mormon video. I was in the audio series many years ago. I, I deserve to be in the... Now, from being a, once a young boy, boy number two and three, mm -hmm. now I could be uh, <laughs> the kindly elderly gentleman, the blind man. Maybe you, I could be. Do you know uh, what those audio recordings were? Like, could you find them? Uh, I... I seem like I tried to a while ago, but I don't know. What don't what were I they called? Anymore. If someone is listening to this and they want to find it for a future episode, what were they called? So this was recorded in probably eighty two. Okay. And I think it was it was called the uh, the Living Scriptures is is what is in my head kind of a very early version of that because uh -huh. it's been around for a long time and, uh -huh. and they've updated it. I think it was Living Scriptures. I remember the studio, you know, high end studio I went into to record this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, we may need more nuggets for that. So think about like what exactly it might have been called. If anyone listening to this finds it, I would love to share that in a future episode as we have Brother Kyle come back for news. Uh, you know, we are short on time because I want to make sure that um, we get to be able to share the whole interview um, with the woman up in Oregon. So let me ask you, do you have anything super pressing we need to get in here? That's everything for me. Let's, uh, yeah, I'm anxious for the interview. Okay, let me just bust out a couple more here at the end. Great article about Gladys Knight, how she came to join the church. I didn't know. Her kid. It was her kid and her uh, kid-in-law that said, hey, think about the church. And she's like, I'm not so sure. And it took her four years to join the church. Got to oh, get wow. Gladys Knight in the cultural hall. Uh, I'll invite the pips if they promise to be quiet. But where they're not members, I'm not talking to them. Just no, Gladys. No, just Knight. get Gladys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, speaking of great music, the Tabernacle Choir has released its dramatic new Star Wars music on the 110th anniversary of its very first recording. Uh, it's amazing. Did you know that the church has its very first recording 110 years ago? No. It's cool. I think it's I think it's on uh, Wax 
one of those like wax tubes. I saw it when I went to the church really? history place. Oh, wow. They took me back where you're not allowed to be able to go necessarily. And they're like, check this out. And I, it blew my mind. The video that they released is called The Duel of the Fates. And it's off their When You Believe, A Night at the Movies album that came out on the 10th of September. So you need to check that out. Uh, Senator Mike Lee thinks that the uh, that the church needs to sell KSL. I think. <laughs> I think a lot of things. Way to go, Senator Mike Lee. Maybe worry about other things. But sure. Because they're so liberal. Yeah, well, yeah, KSL. I mean, you want to talk about a liberal bastion in the state of Utah. It's not the Salt Lake Tribune. It's KSL, owned no by the kidding. church and super liberal. Uh, <laughs> doing well, you know, huh. they used to have a they used to have a newscaster. His name was Dick Norse. Uh-huh. Uh, he wasn't Mormon. Uh huh. So, oh, there super you go. liberal there. Thanks, I appreciate. I was like, what is he talking about? Uh, the uh, state of Arizona could very well be one of the uh, lin- clin- clinchpins linchpins for um uh, the upcoming election, which is I think what six weeks away or something like that maybe a little less than six weeks. Um, tons of stories about the members of the church in Arizona. And I'm just going to say this. You members in Arizona better make the right choice. <laughs> Whatever that is. I don't know. Just vote. That's the thing. Go vote. If you can uh, register to be a, a poll worker in your area, do it. Make sure you vote early. It's going to be a train wreck. We're not going to know on election night who won. So don't anticipate that. Just just for the love, make sure that you have a plan for voting and then make sure you vote. And then finally this, I love this headline. It's from LDS Living. It says, why do we take the sacrament with our right hand? Stop the article there. The tradition of our fathers. That's it. But it goes into some interesting things is the symbolism of right hands and the fact that in the uh, general handbook, it says members partake with their right hand when possible. And that was added in the spring of this year. So there is a Hmm. point to it. Uh, Do I think that when I get to heaven, that God will hug me, welcome me. And if I took the sacrament with my left hand, do I think that he will even mention that I took it with my left hand. No, absolutely well. not. <laughs> mm. He's like, listen, you sure were a jerk to a lot of people, but thank you. Thank you for the right hand. I really appreciate that. The love one another thing, not very good. The the uh, the right hand thing, you were perfect in that. Thank Remember you. Remember that, that, that MLM you started yeah. and, and suckered a bunch of people in your ward yep. into doing it? Yep. I was a little, a little tipsy on that, but you, you always took the sacrament with your right hand. So... Pass. Point and match. Brother Kyle, thanks for being with me. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. 
Hey, this is Dan the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. It's our ultra mega back to school blowout sale. We have hundreds of thousands of dollars of ultra high quality laptops and desktops on sale for up to 50% off the original prices. We've got demos, scratch and dents, trade-ins, and funny colored computers. It's crazy. Remember, you get a lifetime service guarantee on any PC Laptops brand computer. That means if you mess up your Windows or you get a virus or spyware, it's covered forever. Got an old yucky computer? No problem. We'll take it in on trade and we'll transfer all your pictures, music, and all your stuff to your PC Laptops computer for free. When you get your computer from PC Laptops, we'll make sure you're taken care of for a lifetime. To make it impossible to resist, we're doing 12 months special financing on any PC Laptops desktop or laptop computer. Have I lost my mind? Get into any one of our locations right now or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC Laptops, where computers start at $7.99. PC Laptops, we love you. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, uh, visiting with Misty Pantle from Talent Oregon. Now you're thinking, all right, well, what about Oregon? And what about Misty? Well, uh, I am honored that you would take the time. I know that life is certainly frazzled. That's sort of the conversation that we had before uh, we came on here. Uh, For you, tell people what's going on up in Oregon and for you specifically. Well, uh, the entire state of Oregon um, had the perfect storm of uh, hot weather and a windstorm, and it uh, produced several fires across the state. And uh, my home was lost in the Alameda fire. Um, so that's what happened. Mm. And, and I know that they're described as a complex fire, which, as I understand it, and, and you probably know more now about fires than you ever wanted to, is it's when one fire joins another fire and essentially creates a super fire. That's correct. Yeah, it just traveled up um, Interstate 5. So um, Ashland, Talent, and Phoenix, Oregon, all kind of um, butt up to each other and each received significant damage, mostly in Talent and Phoenix. And and people can see pictures, obviously, uh, of this online, and they say that a picture, you know, says a, a thousand words, but I, I, I thought that it would be of worth for people to hear some of your thousand words as to what this experience was like, um, maybe what we can do to be able to help, um, what it, what this experience has been like within your ward. So maybe walk us back to like when you first found out you were evacuating and then bring us up to, to present day. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I had heard about a fire happening in Southern Ashland. I happened to work in Southern Ashland, but uh, that week I had taken off to get my kids going um, with virtual learning, um, thanks to COVID-19. <laughs> and so I was home, <laughs> I was home with my children. Um, they're 14, 15 and 16 years old. Wow. And we were just trying to figure out how to, um, get ourselves going, um, for school. And so I received word that a fire had started somewhat near my office. I'm a office manager of an internal medicine office. And so I was really concerned about, Um, closing down the clinic, evacuating the clinic, and rescheduling patients, which doctors could be, uh, would be available to see patients online from their homes. I was just trying to coordinate all of that. And at some point, I tipped my phone up and I said to my kids, hey, maybe you should pack a go bag. And I thought it was just like remote chance. Mm -hmm. I live about eight minutes away from Southern Ashland. And I thought there's no way that the fire would come that far. Yeah. Um, and, but and, and to the that, sirens, 
And to that point, though, Go like the, the West, people that are maybe listening in the East or the South, if you're not in a, like a, a wildfire sort of area, you're like, oh, that alone in and of itself, how could you even keep your, your mind straight? But for those of us in the West, uh, unfortunately, wildfires just tend to be a thing of the late summer, early fall uh, time of year. But this year is unique. You started to hear the, the fire alarms, etc. Yeah. I started to hear fire trucks, um, and then I started to hear and see um, just both smoke and just um, just smell the, the intensity of it all um, increasing. And then we started to hear what sounded like explosions. And so um, I finally just grabbed a couple of things, uh, packed my kids into I, I drive a van. Mm-hmm. I'm cool like that. Yeah, you are. Mom van. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, my my newly minted driver, my 16 year old, was driving my sister's old Durango, and I just said, "Kiss the rear end of this car of my van, so that we can get out of here." And so she and I evacuated, um, driving towards Phoenix, and we got between Talon and Phoenix on Highway 99. Um, and we we essentially got stuck. Um, it was just gridlocked. And instead of having two lanes going north, we now had a new third lane that was going the opposite direction. Mm. Um, but we were all trying to just evacuate towards Phoenix. Uh, As so we were doing so, um, we were routed back towards Talent because fire had begun up in Phoenix. And Ugh. so we started to turn back. And then they, we saw a fire coming from behind us, and so we got routed back north again. And when we got routed back north, that's when the Durango failed. It seized and died, and we were in the middle of those three lanes. And my poor little newly minted driver was really distraught. And oh. so uh, this nice man pulled over, and he lassoed us up, but that was about the time they rerouted us back south and so he said i'll help you push it to the side of the road because there's no way we can turn around in all of this um so we pushed the drangle off to the side of the road we grabbed a couple of things we shoved everybody in we weren't belted it wasn't quite safe (laughs) we were trying to get out of there so um we finally got routed one way and that was to to go south and they gave us one option to get on to the interstate and that was to go to i-5 south and we made it to southern i mean um, made it to Ashland into a safer area. So painting the so painting friends. the picture of this a little bit, I would imagine that the air at this point has become super thick. If you can even see through it, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I would imagine that reactions of people—they're not like, "Oh, Misty, great to see you. I'm going to be cordial, and we're going to all go in a calm fashion in this particular way." Like I would imagine that it, that it is a little bit of mania. It was mania. It was it was utter panic. Everybody mm. was completely completely distraught. There were people walking along the side of the road. They were Ugh. walking faster than we could get through on uh, in our vehicles. And there was fire in front and there was fire um, behind until we started to, to drive out to the exit to get onto Interstate 5. And we, we drove past, there was a 55 and older stick home, so like proper homes. Um, that was completely engulfed in flames. Um, and then on the opposite side of the road was a mobile home park for 55 and older, and that was completely engulfed in flames. And as we drove through, we could just feel the heat and the intensity on either side of um, the road. And most of those 
homes were completely lost. There, there are a few, like a handful in that mobile park <laughs> that strangely are still stand, standing. Yeah, it, it, it's oftentimes you see these things like in hurricanes or in, you know, in this case, wildfires, where a complete neighborhood can just be obliterated. And then there's the one house that for whatever reason, uh, was able to make its way through it. So you're able to get out of town safe, you grab those few things, yeah. family safe. Uh, but then at some point, you're allowed to go back to to your home. Talk about what that was like. Yeah, so... Um... And and how long was it between being evacuated? Where did you yeah. go? And then when you came back, we went to uh, a good friend of mine um, to her home. She and I had served in a Relief Society presidency when I was uh, we were in the Ashland ward, and so we stayed with her that night. Uh, there wasn't a lot of sleeping that took place. Mm-hmm. Um, we received some video footage that pretty much confirmed that our home had gone down, Ugh. and then it. Then it was still in a level three evacuation state for several days. It took about 10 days before we could even go back to the site. And I think that we went back on the 12th day. Hmm. And, um, you know, our neighborhood used to be a bunch of larger homes really close to each other. Um, It was attractive to my sister and I because um, she and I combined forces long ago. She hasn't married and I had a failed marriage. And we decided to team up with my kids. And we know it's not the perfect situation, but we get by. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, we bought this home together. It felt like really exciting that we had accomplished this. And um, we thought maybe a smaller yard was a lot more manageable because we both have full-time jobs and three busy kids. And so we just thought that was best for us. And so it was just shocking to drive into the neighborhood because usually it was just lined with these tall houses. Mm-hmm. But you could see through it, like there there was nothing left. Hmm. Um, and our home, which used to be um, 2,077 square foot, mm-hmm. it was just like a hole in the ground. It was, and nothing was recognizable. I mean, we could kind of make out like the back of our piano and we could see some pieces that maybe look like could have been our beds, like the mattresses. I mean, it it's shocking. Um, it's overwhelming to go back and see it like that. And a lot of that just because of and, the the intense heat of the, the fire, people would be like, well, wait, wouldn't there still be? And it's like, no, it's so intense that it just it oh, demolishes. It, it incinerates everything. Yeah. It evaporates things. Like washer and dryer can't even see that they were there. Hmm. Um we can sort of see the refrigerator, but I mean, it is, it's unbelievable. It was a two story home and you can't even tell that there was a story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just a pit. Um, and you know, we're just one family of in our ward that lost a, nearly 50 homes. Um, and that magnitude is gigantic. Um, so, we feel grateful to be um, together and that we got away safely. And we feel grateful for the support of the church um, coming in and, and being interested in what we need. Um, our Relief Society president has been amazing. Our Elders Quorum president has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Our stake president. I mean, we could not be more blessed 
in that arena, mm-hmm. but it, the sheer magnitude of the, the devastation um, weighs heavy on our hearts. We're concerned for the other families that are experiencing what we've experienced. And um, some businesses that went down and there's loss of jobs. I mean, it's just horrifying. So, so, so what do you do now? Like, I, I'm trying to envision what that would be like. Heartbreaking. You've put all this work into this place. This is this is a home. You know, we we talk about it being a building, but it's more than that. It's the experiences that yeah. are contained within. It's all of these things. It's a goal. It's you know, life. It's not there anymore. Yeah. So, so what? Right. So what do you? I mean, you you get the support of the church, and it's awesome to hear that. You know that there has been that care from a, a stake president and an elders corn president, a relief society president, and I, I I have a couple questions about that, but that's coming up. But like what like what do you do? Like do you just get like grab a, a dustpan and a broom and are like, well, I guess we got to clear the land. Like I, I I can't even fathom what that next step would be. Yeah. So the Red Cross is handing out sifting kits. Um, it's it's like. Uh, like a hazmat suit and some shovels and, and more or less like a, I don't know, a strainer that you would put pasta in Mm. um, to kind of sift for items that you think you might be able to find. Mm. And then you, you have to have an official um, disposal team that um, is certified to be able to remove everything that was there. I mean, our home, we, we moved into, it was brand new. Um, so we don't have any worries about asbestos or anything like that, but there are some homes that were built many years ago. So there's a whole chemical component that they have to take into consideration. And so, um, we have to have all of that removed and then we have to decide if we're going to rebuild in the same spot or if we're going to do some sort of buyout and buy elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, it's a long road ahead. Um, and I felt really tender when my 16-year-old said to me, Mom, this might not be done before I leave for college. Mm. Mm. And that, you know, that got me because, well, it's not how I pictured sending her off to school. Right. Um, you know, we're now in an apartment, um, which is great that we were able to find an apartment, mm-hmm. but um, it's not exactly the existence that I thought. And strangely, my sister and I are now sharing a room again, like we were, like thirty years ago. <laughs> tell me, tell me, you got bunk beds because that completes this story. <laughs> I wish oh, I could say that. I uh, mean, my sister is a gymnastics coach by trade, and uh-huh. so she probably could just flip up there. But no, we are in two beds that are apart apart from each other. So. So, so you mentioned yeah. sort of the aid that the church has done. Uh, I would imagine that that's mm-hmm. both with volunteers and also some monetary help, uh, some situational help to get people a place to be able to stay. How about your faith? How has your faith sustained you through all this? Or has it? Oh, you know, it has. Um, Tammy and I have been dealt some really interesting trials across our life. and And I feel like every single time you learn something, you become a bit more resilient. You become a little bit more strong and a little bit more willing to tackle what needs to be tackled. Um, and it's kind of like Captain Moroni, you know, he built all of those fortifications um, in, in MO5, I think that's where it's at, and um, works of timbers and towers and, and things to 
protect his family and and his people. And I feel like every time a trial has been put in front of Tammy and I, that's exactly what we think about. Hmm. We've got we've got to make sure that we fortify this tower and protect the family, and we've got to be strong and move forward. And and hopefully we can help other families that might be feeling a little less sure of their faith. Um, but strangely, I feel like trials deepens your faith hmm. if you allow it to do so. Um, it's easy to turn away. I'd like the I'd like the harder road where you invest in it, you you immerse yourself in it, and and Heavenly Father finds a way to make you feel stronger and make you feel like you can do things that you never thought possible. You mentioned all the destruction within your ward. Certainly, there's a tremendous amount of loss with ward members, people who maybe in some ways you've worshipped in pews for months or years together, but never really gotten to know them on a deeper level. Has that changed during this? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, Our ward is actually fairly new. Um, We did a ward boundary shift about Mm -hmm. a little over two years ago, and so we we happened to be scooped out of the Ashland Ward and put into Bear Creek Ward, and there was a portion of Medford First Ward that got put in. So we were a fairly new ward to begin with. Um, and then COVID-19 hit, and so we weren't going to church normally. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting, um, because we were so new, we were just barely beginning to get our rhythm, you mm-hmm. know, like really starting to, to know people. I mean, my very first Sunday in the ward, I got called to the primary presidency, and I felt like all I ever met was the kids, which is <laughs> fine, but I didn't know who they really belonged to, and it took a while to kind of place people, and we couldn't for a while tell who was new in the ward because we all felt new to the ward. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's been really interesting. We haven't found a lot of um, people who haven't been active in the church who have lost their homes, but um, the church has been reaching out to them and offering them the same things, and there's no obligation whatsoever for them to return to, to full attendance. And um, I mean, there's the true spirit of ministering happening here in Southern Oregon. Yeah. I really um, couldn't be more proud of that piece of it. So we ask everyone who steps into the Cultural Hall three questions. I'm going to add a fourth question to it. Have you ever heard of the Cultural Hall, or what made you decide to, to sit and talk with me for a minute? I had not. Um, when you reached out to me, I looked it up, and I listened um, a little bit to the Janice Cap Janice Perry um, episode, and I thought, okay, this sounds good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just nerve-wracking when you haven't met somebody before. Sure. Um and um, I think it's really lovely, a good platform. And it's uh, as I scrolled through, um, you know, I saw that you interviewed Ty Mansfield, and my ex-husband knew him. My ex is homosexual, and so um, he's left the church long ago. But mm-hmm. that truly was the demise of our marriage. And so it's nice to see that you are covering a lot of um, different things that are somewhat difficult for members of the church to even talk about or fully understand. And so I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate this platform. Yeah, there's a place for everyone, and we care about everyone as well. So now I'll get to the standard three questions. The first question is, and I think I know the answer, is uh, do you have a calling right now? And if so, what is it? Um, I do have a calling. I just got called to the Young Women's Presidency, so I'm a first counselor there. If you could pick a calling for yourself, either one that exists or make one up, what would you pick? Oh, gosh. 
I feel like being a Relief Society teacher is like super awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been my um, most common calling. And it's because you can you can study on one thing, like you can really immerse in it, and you teach one time a month, and mm-hmm. it's pretty sweet. Um, but I know it's not everybody's favorite thing to do. Um, I I really don't know. I loved being a nursery leader, though. I gotta admit, <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. Um, I I love getting down and playing with little kids and helping them discover new things and helping to be one of the first people to teach them anything about the gospel. I mean, I just feel like that's a real gift. Yeah. Uh, and and like you say, what one person might really enjoy is another person's nightmare. When you tell me, hey, I would like to be in nursery, I think, good, I'm glad you're willing to do that. I would never do that. So I'm, I'm, glad, that <laughs> yes. the, I'm glad that the church allows all of us to serve where our talents are both needed and uh, wanted to be shared. The last question, a little bit more serious, but we ask that you uh, interpret it however you will. But what is your favorite part of your faith? Wow. I think my favorite part of our faith, and mine in particular, is just uh, having a deep understanding of the Savior's life and how it intertwines with every inch of what we do, uh, every inch of who we are. It's just, it's woven into the fabric of our world. And if we continue to keep him in the center of everything, every decision, every small movement that we make, he will walk with us and support us even when it feels turbulent, even when it feels difficult, um, even when you feel alone, he's still there. And having that keeps me really centered. And I couldn't be more grateful for that knowledge. And I know a lot of people don't have that. Mm-hmm. And so... My hope is that um, that we can reach them some way, somehow, by our actions, how we do things. If people wanted to help out uh, the, the saints in Oregon or, I guess, anywhere along the West Coast, is there a general way that people can donate? Is there a, Do you know, is there a, a space within our donation slips that we can market for the West Coast or anything like that? Or how do you recommend we help? Um, well, I have encouraged folks to... Um, be generous in their fast offerings, um, and if there's a way to dedicate, um, it's the Bear Creek Ward that has been hit most significantly with this, and so if they want to donate through the church lines, that's probably the best way is to designate towards the Bear Creek Ward. Mm. Um, I know that there are several stakes that have been uh, collecting gift cards. I, I can honestly tell you, as awful and as weird as it might sound, really, money is needed. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you imagine every little bit that you would have to replace in your life. Yeah. Um, to, to get ready to go to work, you have to have clothes that are appropriate for work. Mm-hmm. To prepare for church, you have to have an iron to iron your son's shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, just every little tiny bit, towels, toothbrushes, um, a chest of drawers, I mean, furniture. Um, it's just, uh, it becomes... I mean, it's, it's a lot mm-hmm. to have happen all at once. Yeah. Yeah. So gift, gift cards might be a good way to go, and those could be sent over to the the stake. Um, and our stake president is John Clayson, and he is a builder by trade, which I think is... Inspired, it sounds once like. Once again, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that Heavenly Father chose somebody who could see potential mm-hmm. in in places that we could not. Um, feels really, really inspired. Misty, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen to it this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen to it next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show. Ow!